unlike Howie Mandel, I'm always ready to make a deal. <laughs> the older I get, my legs are hurting, my <laughs> hips are hurting, and my body, Adi, Adi, is hurting. Oh my God, you guys. This is going to be a very loopy, crazy, wackadoo Andes girls. I don't know what episode number it is. It's 400 plus a couple, I think, possibly, perhaps. And I'm so excited for an in-person recording taking place, <laughs> giving me eyes, taking place, Clothis adjacent, because we decided we needed to be comfy cozy on the people's, people's couch with none other than writer, producer, co-host of the podcast you might know her from, and OG of the AG, he's back. Damien Bellino. Damien, why has it taken you so long to come back on this podcast that you yourself co-created? Welcome back. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. Congratulations to getting to 400, by the way. What adventure. Thank you. I did listen to your um, interview with My wedding. My wedding. I had a rabbi off Zoom just filling out all the documents for us to sign. A ketubah with the after show. There was chemistry. (laughs) What? Was there chemistry? Yeah, there was. Let's it, talk about that. Um, I was into it. I'm so happy you landed him. What a deal. Or, what a deal. You are Howie Mendel. <laughs> I said, Chris, open that box. Um, so <laughs> we're, Guys, we're recording this, by the way. I don't even know what day of the week it is. Saturday? Saturday. We haven't had a lick of alcohol, but you would think that we were both... Trash. Yeah. We were going to get drunk, and then we realized that we were both so tired that it was giving the same effect. You are spooning with your feet, (laughs) the little puff, puff, whatever, in my living room. We're having a moment. My mom has been in town for a couple days, guys, so thanks for your patience with this episode. And I just feel like I've run a fucking marathon. Toby has all the energy in the world. We went to shows. We did an 11 15 p.m jazz thing last night oh, wow. we did nails today we did whatever some we went to brooklyn we it was so much i'm so tired i went out and partied last night so i'm really <laughs> tired and then i was gonna come over earlier today and we pushed it back so i took a nap and that like really <laughs> ruined the day i was like oh i don't know how to do anything else so here i am um i just need to make one note to the listeners which is the fact that I gave you a little birthday gift before, which you're wearing. But there are these earrings that look like lollipops. And one of the lollipop earrings says pig. And the other lollipop earring says slut in honor of your, her holiness, Kim Richards. But you're wearing them underneath your headphones. So right now all I see are the lollipop sticks <laughs> sticking out. And it's iconic. I, love I need it. to take a photo. It's iconic. Um, how do you feel about Kim Richards uh, filming? Nope. Um, I hope she's okay is what I guess I would say. I'm not, I don't know. I, I guess it's going to be weird because Kyle's the one that's out now in their sister throuple. I mean, I don't know. Oh, do we- she, what does that mean? I thought she and Kyle were on a red carpet together and they were good. Who? Kim and Kyle. They were on like an entertainment I it was tonight. Kathy, it was Kathy and Kim that were fine. Maybe, yeah, Kyle. I think Kim is fine with both of them. Probably. I mean, you know, if she's okay in whatever way Kim Richards digests okay, then great. So Kathy is not filming to our knowledge, right? Well, okay. So Paris in Love, I assume, is filming right now because Paris has a Bambino. And I think Paris in Love did, in fact, get picked up for a second season. So 
during Paris's first season, Kathy used that as a part of like a bargaining chip, but also very true reality of like her being very busy filming and planning Paris's wedding on Paris's behalf or maybe not on Paris's behalf, which was the point of the first season. All of which to say, um, I don't yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with Kathy filming. I don't know if she's like doing that to hold out for more money or she's just like I'm busy with Paris's show or she just doesn't want to do it or she's just dangling this weird carrot for all of us to try to figure out it feels anticlimactic to have her not come back after like last season well it feels like a weird move on her part when she was essentially like I'll only come back if Rena isn't on and now Rena isn't on and she's like I don't know like yeah. what are what are you even doing then what's the point of this yeah <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. You know, like, I'm obsessed with Beverly Hills, and I hate it. You know, I think we share that same feeling. Like, yeah. I can talk about Beverly Hills forever, but also... We're like, not going to do that. I hate it. Um, it's a, it's an exciting time for Bravo. <laughs> there's a lot of... There's Housewives on, Jersey, Vanderpump Rules, <laughs> Ultimate Girls, totally Trip 3. Over it. This is the most checked out no i'm here you are you're here we're connecting we're having a moment so you know what i didn't know about you after 800 years of what? recording together and whatnot i truly truly did not know that you watch vanderpump rules i oh. really did not know that was a shock to me it was a shock to the system i think i was always like a casual vanderpump rules watcher and then i got very into it for like the middle seasons mm -hmm. and then after that there was that really bad season that was like a cash shakeup, right? And then they fired a bunch of people after that season. And then the next season was also bad. So there was the pre-COVID bad season and then the COVID bad season. There was like the Brett, Dana. Max. Max. And then they all got fired. And, and then also Stassi, Kristen, Jax, and Brittany got fired, right? Like that, that all happened at once? I don't know, but I, in my it brain it is. Different timing of when the different calls happen, but yeah, that could have been. I feel like that all of those people got wiped and that they came back for a season and it was like bad and then it came back another season and it was also bad. And I was like, okay, so I kind of casually watched those seasons, but I was all in this season and then, all, of course, the scandal happened and I was like, wow, like the season's going to get even more litty. So how are you feeling about the episodes that you're watching now? I mean, I think without the eventual twist that we know is coming, it's already been a really solid season. Yes. Like the Katie and Tom stuff, I think, is really yeah. compelling. The, the thing with Vanderpump Rules that makes it good and why that one season felt so terrible with um, the new people is because, like, the value is the history that this group of friends has mm -hmm. because it's real. And, like, Katie and Tom have been together forever so the disillusion of their marriage is compelling TV. Um, the disillusion, I suppose, of Lala's relationship, even though we haven't gotten to, into too much of the, like, the behind the scenes of it, mm -hmm. I feel like she is going through something. Mm -hmm. Like we're seeing her come out of something. And uh, yeah, and I guess like whatever's to come with Tom and Ariana, who are sort of non-characters at this point. Like they're not... They have not been focal points of the season, aside from Tom's stupid fucking business. What is their new Tommy and Schwartzy? Um, what is it? Schwartz and Sandys. So stupid. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I am, but I think it's a great season. And I will say, like, the rise of Raquel as a villain is perfect TV. It's, like, exactly what you want from these shows. It's, like, new characters introduced organically and they're sort of a side character they're they're 
very peripheral. They start to become more integrated, more integrated, more integrated. Wow, didn't see that coming. You're a total shithead. It could not have been written better. Um, but I am taking some issues with like the way things are being like, are she and Ariana best friends? And I missed that. Like, I feel like I saw someone on Twitter or no Instagram say like, if you want to understand the scandal, it's like if Rachel cheated on, like if if Chandler cheated on Monica with Rachel. And I was like, and then Joey something or other. Yeah. And Joey knew the whole time. And I was like, is it like to me, Ariana and and Raquel were not BFF, but I feel like Andy even said that I watched it up in live. He was like, it's her best friend. And I was like, is it? She's in her like close friend circle. Even in yeah, interviews right. that came out the day or in the days before the Watch What Happens Night of Terror when, you know, everybody found out what the fuck was going on. Um, post Watch What Happens taping rather. Um, yeah, they were like very, very close friends. But it wasn't her it wasn't Sheena. It wasn't someone that has been in Ariana's circle for many, many years, who is essentially like, you know, yeah. a sister. It was, you know, this newer person, but someone that she had developed a very, very close relationship with who she was also filming with. So in watching the new episode, it's like, I don't know, there's a lot there with Schwartz and Katie, which I want to talk to you about, but it's also just... <sighs> It's just so odd and so obviously cringe, but just one feels a bit uncertain about watching the newest episode, the wedding episode, knowing that during this trip, allegedly, Raquel and Sandoval, like, fucked. Really? Yeah. This is when it allegedly started? This is when, according to Tom Schwartz, at best, which means at worst, according to the PR strategy that some of those motherfuckers have developed, this is when they had a one-night stand. Now, there are so many different scenarios and situations that one could say they were hooking up. There are people who now say that um, uh, people, uh, including Patrick and Paul, who are um, frequent guests on Jeff Lewis's show, I just listened to a part of their newest episode of their show today, um, and they said that they actually saw Sandoval kissing Raquel when they were like, but at one of the nights in Mexico because they were there for the wedding, they designed Sheena's dress, and I think maybe the bridesmaids' dresses too, and that they saw them kissing, but they didn't, they weren't like closely connected to what the show was they just were like oh is that tom and then they thought to themselves like wait who was the one that was kissing raquel was it schwartz but they're like no we saw sandoval kissing raquel one night just randomly when they thought nobody was like watching so to watch this stuff and to know that potentially this is either the first night that raquel and sandoval slept together was on this trip or a night that they slept together Mm -hmm. potentially not the first it's just it's honestly like to me unbelievable it's very weird where do you think that vanderpump rules goes from here to the moon like do they all come back yeah there's no way around it and i don't i really truly do not think that raquel wants to be off the show and during the one of seven attempts to watch Sandoval's hour and 20 minute long sit down 
lost in translation style apology tour where he was asking people to apologize to him essentially he was seemingly interested in returning i mean i don't sandoval knows where his bread is buttered and currently he like can't afford a loaf so he knows that he needs to return and he wants to return i would not be surprised genuinely if raquel wants to return i would also not be surprised if raquel and tom think that there is potential redemption in store for them as a couple as individuals whatever so i think and there's nobody else who isn't returning i don't see anybody being like like what about ariana like does she want 100 percent is returning there would be no better time for ariana to return than now when like the world seemingly is on her side Noting that I don't know how this will work from a production perspective, because who's going to want to go to fucking lunch with Raquel? Who's going to want to hang out with Sandoval that doesn't involve them throwing a drink on him? Like Kristen Doty will go to lunch with Raquel. Do you think Kristen will come back? I think that they're using this as an opportunity because. And I don't know what it means long term, Mm. but we've obviously seen Kristen filming and she was on Instagram with the girls. I saw Dana was with the girls. I feel like I saw somebody else, but I can't think. Not Stassi. Um, and then obviously Brett, Brittany and Jax have like been doing press around it, even though they're not on the show. Mm. And I'm like, the network or the production company or both are obviously trying to like mine the history that this friend group has. So I don't know if like they're going to bring any of these people back in a real capacity, but it wouldn't surprise me if like they did open it up to being like Jax and Brittany and like Kristen are invited to big events and like. If their story, they'll follow it, but like they're not main cast members, you know, and see, like, just test the waters there because I mean, Kristen is such a, I don't know, firecracker seems like a antiquated word or some, somehow, but like she is such, she is like lightning in a bottle. Like when she's great, she's great. So mm-hmm. she is fun TV to me, but also like a lot. Yeah, I don't know. But she is, I did see someone post about how like James and Sandoval are both her exes and Raquel's like fucked both of them or something. Okay. And I don't know, just like the, that, that was, that was like a little, it was like a triangle or a square or something of like Kristen Doty's exes being fucked by Raquel. And I was like, well, I mean, all of these people not taking away from the actual scandal, but everybody has essentially dated or slept with everybody at this point. Totally. Yeah. What does Stassi, where is Stassi? What does Stassi think of any of this? Is she connected to the friend group still? So I don't know. Cause it f- seemed like she was getting along fine with. Kristen and has always I think been okay aside from you know a long ago um friction fracture with Katie and she had said on her essentially like scandal response app of her podcast that she would never I think like never ever ever return then Lala said on an episode of something because I've been like literally watching and listening to as many of really focused on like when Lala's talking on her podcast and when Katie guests, essentially, and Sheena, too, because they just kind of guest on each other's stuff, and I'm very into it. Um, but Lala said on one of them that she had been out to dinner in the last couple days before when she recorded with Stassi, who she said seemed to, like, sort of miss it, but maybe not miss it enough to return to the show. But it felt like maybe there was a little bit of a door being left ajar that I wouldn't have assumed was that way based on 
uh, what Stassi said during her podcast. So who, I mean, but, and who knows? Who, Cause I, it's also so much fucking money. Yeah. And also like, I just find it hard to believe that any of these people who are. Would be like never again. Right. I mean, even Jax will be like, no. And it's like. No, Jax wants to be on more on. than anybody else. Yeah. A hundred percent. And Jax and Brittany, I think make the least amount of sense of any of them to they, return. But apparently for story. they're still in the, like they're still in the friend group deep. I don't know if that's true, but that's, they make it seem like they are. Well, I mean, one of them had thoughts on Jax. I I love that we're just talking about what other um, (laughs) cast members are saying on their various podcasts, um, which is like an accessory show at this point. Um, But one of them was talking about, I think it was Lala was joking maybe with like Katie and I don't even know, Sheena on something about the fact that they thought it was funny that like Jax texted them the day of the reunion to be like, go get them, go, you know, go get them, like do great. And they seemed charmed by that. And then he posted it on social media and they were like, oh, okay. So like, this is content. Okay. Got it. Copy that. Um, but it, it, it is just a wild, I can't get away from it. Um, and also PS guys, hashtag to be continued more of that to come when it comes to some Andy's girls news that will be hopefully announced shortly. Um, but it is just this wild circumstance that we're watching play out. And I thought the way the episode ended, the most recent episode ended, was so interesting to me because in watching the newest episodes, if we're going to talk about a justice for Ariana narrative, there is also one that a lot of people, not everyone, but many people are having about sort of reconsidering a lot of the um, Katie dynamics mm-hmm. of it all and in watching that final scene I honestly kind of thought to myself like am I watching this under new eyes because of the scandal or am I watching this with like a new set of eyes because I just find this Tom's behavior so um, infuriating meaning Schwartz just kind of saddling up to Katie to try to trigger her so he can tell her he no longer cares I think it's two things for me, at least like from my observation, I feel like Katie in past seasons, we've seen like tequila Katie and we've seen Katie be so mean Mm. and Schwartz who often, whether he's giving it as like an act or whether it's Mm -hmm. genuine, gives off like, you know, sort of like oblivious or unassuming and so then to have this woman who like berates him when she's wasted or like is like arguing with him about whatever, I feel like always made me feel like Jesus, like they're just like not compatible. And like she's a bulldozer and he's like a wimp and he doesn't stick, stick up for her, but she's also awful. That stuff may be still true, but yes, it does the, like the perspective now of like, we, I haven't seen being Katie. I've just seen Katie really try to be like vulnerable and try to like repair herself and like remove herself from this relationship in I think what they both hoped was like a healthy and kind way and like maintaining a friendship and like not letting it rock their friend group and I feel like his inability to still not defend her but also like that act of being like unassuming and like oblivious Mm. is like the it's not in counter to her being aggro in a way that in the past where I've just been like, Oh my God, I feel like now I'm like seeing her be really deeply vulnerable with him in and him like just be a fucking buffoon. And I think he's like almost in ways like Heather gaying in <gasps> the ways in which he like does stuff and then like plays it off. Like 
he didn't do it, you know? Mm. Like, he'll be like, what are you, you're, we're not married anymore. Like, yeah, like, they made an agreement, and then he totally, like, fucked, like, not fucked Raquel, but, like, fucked the agreement by, right. like, kissing Raquel, and then is, and he also says that, that um, Katie's emotionally, what does he say? Emotionally, not emotionally needy, like, emotionally greedy. I forgot the word he used. Oh, emotionally entitled. And I feel like it's such an interesting use of the word. Yeah. And also just like, listen, it's hard to be, I think, be friends with an ex while you're still mourning the relationship. And then there's cameras put on top of it. But he has no backbone. And I never I always like had a soft spot for Schwartz, but it's like really impossible to watch. And in right now to see like this man who. It's like, I'm so glad she was able to remove herself. I thought they would always stay together unless he finally had, like, reached a thing. And I'm glad that, like, it seems like it was her choice to remove herself because she saw the light. But how much of Schwartz not having a backbone is a performance? Because I feel like what we're watching now is him doing a less than commendable job of this part that he has always played in the dynamics of their relationship when it worked for him and now in trying to just like sort of fuck with her which you could argue he was also doing when they were married as well I think it's an act it feels like an act I felt like that last scene was just him like chewing on scenery trying to piss her off so that she could get upset so that he could say you being upset doesn't matter to me anymore because we're divorced which is completely the opposite of what he had said prior and obviously the opposite to any kind of pretend interest in understanding why they were in fact getting a divorce and no longer together. Totally. It just feels like he's proving her right. Absolutely. I think that his tactic was always this, like this is always his mode of communicating like the relationship on television of like, I act like this. You, I get a reaction out of you. And then I look like the guy, like the good guy who can't do anything right, even though I'm like, so whatever, adorable and not Mm. doing anything. But really, you're doing everything like you're just it's passive aggressive or it's manipulative, manipulative, manipulate, manipulative, manipulative. You got it. Um, So I just yeah, I I totally agree. I think that like it it only uh, is more. It's just illuminating, I think, like past seasons and past behavior that I think I I was like, oh, my God, Katie. And now I'm like, oh, my God, like, this has been an act all along. Mm. And I think before I believed it or to some extent, you know, and I think now I'm like, he's he was like he was so pleased with himself for kissing Raquel at the wedding. And like he was like, everybody was watching. And I was like, oh, and like remembering when it came out in the press, it's like that's how it happened, because it was like happened in front of tons of people. And it like people were taking photos and it was like happening feet away from Katie. And also, he said at one point the kiss was platonic, and I guess that was to try to tell Katie that it didn't mean anything. Well, obviously, it did. I mean, it ha- whether or not it had meaning for him is sort of unrelating, unrelated to her trying to set a boundary prior, which he agreed to of, I'm not going to fool around with anyone in the cast. That was the whole agreement. She did not want their marriage or breakup to be manipulated in that way where she would have to be surrounded by or in close proximity to someone on the show who had maybe fooled around with her estranged husband like or divorced husband or whatever they are at this point like that was a very clear boundary for her which felt like it was as much production related as personal and then it felt like in that moment when he is just kind of rolling in 
I think that some of her frustration was as much related to maybe even production in that moment as it was to her former hubs because it was like, oh, he's showing up to surprise me to gloat on camera about doing the thing he promised he wouldn't. And they knew that. So I think it was like the double whammy of, okay, well, if the point of the show is to be sometimes surprised with um, bad news, well, I mean, I thought my ex-husband wasn't going to be the delivery boy. You know, it just mm-hmm. felt like an extremely gross moment. I mean, Christine Kelly, Christina Kelly's face in that whole thing was like filled with so much clear and concise disgust that I felt like she was speaking for all of us, honestly. It's just wild that they were married for that long. Such a deeply toxic couple that oftentimes Katie held the responsibility for caring when it came to the negative stuff. And it doesn't take away from tequila, Katie, but it is like, my God, Schwartz doesn't need tequila to be terrible. What in relation to like his his friendship with Tom Sandoval and whatever has transpired with Raquel that we're to be like that we're going to see in the coming weeks. Like he has sort of denied or said he didn't know much until whenever. Like, do you think that is also an act? Like, or do you think he was left in the dark with what happened with Raquel and Sandoval? I think he is absolutely lying to himself, if not us, in saying that he thought that there was a romantic connection with um, Raquel. Because I'm going off of his own words. In that moment when he said to Katie, it was just a platonic kiss. He's being manipulative and trying to dissuade her from being upset or thinking that she has the right to be upset by being like it was a friendly kiss. But I do think there's a part of that that's based in truth because I don't I did not see any kind of romantic connection between them. It felt like they were flirting with the idea of hooking up on camera as a storyline, which is, I think, why one of the many reasons why Katie was so upset because she's like, we were literally married and you guys are making light of that by doing this thing because you're not interested in each other. I think had they been interested in each other, that would have been a separate conversation, but it feels very apparent to me in that moment also knowing the information that we have which is like maybe an embarrassment of riches or not maybe i'm inferring too much but i don't my instinct is like this wasn't real and schwartz knew it and either he knew it wasn't real and he was just doing it to fuck with his ex-wife or he knew it wasn't real and he was doing it to fuck with his ex-wife which is still true and also to try to use as an art of distraction him kissing Raquel so nobody's looking at his best buddy oh interesting I don't think and I don't know this isn't based on like any facts it's just like I don't think that it was I don't think that the kiss with Raquel was to get her like this the attention off of her and Tom Sandoval but maybe it was but it I, might not have I mean it might have been in Raquel's head it yeah. might have been in Sandoval's head but they might not have put that in Schwartz's they might have also said like this is like a great opportunity for you to get back at Katie. This is a great opportunity for you to take back your power as a strong, charismatic man. Or maybe it's because you were in a relationship at this point with that lady, Joe. Like, I don't even know what the timing of that is. Yeah, what's the deal with that? He keeps talking about like his roommate and it's like it's his girlfriend. Like, why is he referring to her as his roommate? Right. That's why none of this makes sense. And it was sort of annoying to me. I don't think it got brought up on when Schwartz was on Watch What Happens most recently, but that might be because he was like literally bursting into flames for 22 minutes plus commercials. But that's the thing that nobody's talking about that does annoy me because 
where is the timing of that in all of this? Because it feels like now Schwartz is still denying that they're in a romantic couple. It's like, oh, we're just fooling around. It's not really anything. And I don't know if that is true for the dynamic of their relationship, if that is what enables them to continue doing this thing, because neither of them are interested or feel the need to put labels on it. Like, I, I don't know what that is, except to say that it does add an air here of like what the fuck is actually going on in reality because it doesn't feel like in real time anyone except for the people on team Ariana you know Katie um Sheena or I don't even know about Sheena Lala our Kristen are talking about the Joe of it all but but Schwartz I have isn't. to assume that it got brought up at the reunion. I would hope it did. I assume potentially not by Andy necessarily, but by one of the other people in the cast. I mean, it does it doesn't do Schwartz any good because if there is a crossover in timing, which I really truly don't know, that would also play into the like, oh, but you really had feelings for Raquel, but weren't you dating someone else at the time or flirting with someone else? Or what's the timing of when that got together? But if you don't consider us having gotten together because you refuse to put a label to it, maybe so you can say that you're not together, then how are we supposed to believe you when you said that you thought there was romantic potential with Raquel? Like it does, none of it makes sense. And so much of it begins with the Toms and it's not just Sandoval who's like fucking around and finding out. It feels like Schwartz is on his own path of destruction and that adds in a layer here of like, okay, well, if many of us thought Sandoval was a joke or a clown or whatever, but maybe like harmless in the sense that like, because no one really thought of him as anything else, but like this sort of oddity, this curio in the words of Connor Roy, I don't know what, I don't, I don't quite know what there is to say. Yeah. It is why, I mean, we are having like a, we're having a Saturday night, very chill energy kind of vibe here, which is sort of sort of nice because I have been giving like big chihuahua energy to talking about the scandal. And there is something kind of like different in vibes to just kind of like trying to sit and walk through it, both sitting and walking at the same time. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorinda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. 
Astapro and Go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Paris is always a good idea. And when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon. Chic, c'est la vie. Je m'appelle the Countess. N'est-ce pas, Luan? <laughs> and while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, that's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Crismanzo. Et toi? There's a speech recognition filter, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options, and it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. A steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Today. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDYSGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDYSGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. I have a question for you. Something that I've been thinking about when it comes to Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. Is the way the girls trip in Vegas, is that where they went? And... Oh, the Vanderpump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the women were talking about Raquel when she was like drunk in her room with her like space lights on or whatever, <laughs> and they were like being mean girls to her, and I'm, yeah. and I feel like con like now, 
like Lala is so intense this season. And like I'm mostly into it when she's coming for like Schwartz and Sandoval. Sandoval. Mm. But like her doubling down on that behavior is like annoying to me because it's like we know that what Raquel is done now, but they were being mean to her that night. And I feel like that is like something that is. She did fuck James while Raquel and James were together. She like acted like Raquel being drunk and kissing Oliver. Like somehow she had like a real um, like investment. Yeah. Like there was something like of an investment in that. And, re- and also she told Raquel it was fine at the bar. And then they were like mean to her and Raquel heard them. It was like, and they like watching that was sad because like Raquel was listening outside the door and they were making fun of her. So I don't know. I don't know what my question is other than like, do you agree that that was like unkind behavior? Because I feel like the ways in which like Lala has reframed it is like, whatever, she's an asshole. And it's like, yeah, but at the time we didn't know what she was capable of. Well, the interesting thing about one of the things that Lala has said is like, had Scandabal not happened, that Raquel would have sort of won the season because she thinks that she would have come across in a way. And I think there's like more information we get maybe about her childhood or something. There's something else that's like still to come. But in some interview, Lala talked about that. The fact that Raquel would have been sort of the sweetheart to come from this because it would have looked like hashtag systematic bullying. I think it it would we would have a different um, potential response here and maybe not alliance, but maybe a different positioning, which is what is so weird about all of this happening without us seeing these episodes because we're walking through sort of a funhouse here and I don't know which mirror is going to, you know, make my head look like a triangle. You know, like I don't know what I would have thought had we not known this information, had it not been a reality, which is also in and of itself sort of inexplicable because as the season goes on, apparently, according to more Watch What Happens and more information that Andy has shared, more information that the cast has felt comfortable sharing, like a big part apparently of later on in the season is the cast suspecting that Tom is having an affair and the cast, or at least talking about that and the cast wondering if there's something going on with Tom and Raquel. So it's like, even if we hadn't found out they were having an affair, I mean, it's a big even if, because the reason people were talking about it is because they saw signs. Like, I think something like this would have still happened and there being questions about boundaries maybe being crossed between people, including one person in a long-term significant relationship. Yeah, it is interesting. I feel like everyone obviously is saying that Tom is an asshole and he's, you know, it's not like people are being easy on him, but it does always feel like even in 2023, especially in 2023, that it just feels like she is getting the brunt of everything. And like, she is not the person who is in a nine year relationship. You know what I mean? Does it make it okay? Yes. It was her friend or whatever. Like, I don't know. I'm also not like the a barometer of ethics here and neither are any people who watch fucking Vanderpump rules. Cause it's not real. That's not our real lives, but I enjoy it as entertainment. And I just like, it is interesting the ways in which, she is just being raked across the coals. And, like, I guess he is as well, but I feel like I'm seeing much more people being, like, 
coming for her and just like her being a stupid idiot, fucking idiot slut. And that's like, OK, cool. Well, yeah, there is. He's off- also 39 years old and was in a relationship. Slash for nine possibly years. 41. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, I keep hearing that. Like, we don't actually know how old. It's he so is funny. I saw matters. something that was like said that he was 41. But then like in it, it was like 39. And then later on, I was like the 40 year old. And I was like, what? Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, these aren't like uh, these aren't profound points. It's just like it is. You're just like my observations of like I feel like we can. I feel like I can love the drama and be so excited to see these final episodes and think that they're both total shits. But also the way the media and like also just like a lot of meme accounts are just like really misogynistic about the way their take on it. When it's like she was yeah. she was actually she was actually single and um he is an, a, he is disgusting. Yeah, and I think you know the use of whore and slut and whatever else being used with Raquel is so obviously coming from a place of misogyny and sexism which is something that women can also communicate you know it's not just like men who are saying these things about Raquel oftentimes it is women we are come you know like the call is coming from inside the house Mm. which is unfortunate but also one of the byproducts I guess of a system that's built for us to um, try to weaponize sexuality, especially when it's coming against a woman, I would say. But also there is that dynamic, which I've talked about on AG, and Lord knows I've done a plenty, uh, a Patreon episode about it, which is the girl-on-girl crime. The thing that has triggered so many people is the idea that for many women in intimate relationships with each other that's built on like long-term platonic love which can be a substantial um long-term relationship that many friends have with each other it's not just within you know dynamics that women have with each other but just coming from the world of being a woman who is surrounded very fortunate to be surrounded by really considerate, respectful, emotionally intelligent women that I'm fortunate to call friends. It is one thing to have like a relationship potentially with a man, if that is who you choose to have as a partner, and also something else to have this other partner in a very close friend. And while there are some people in heteronormative, heterosexual relationships who say, wow, the partner that I have, this person is who I share everything with. They are truly my best friend. And God bless. That's great. That is not the dynamic for all people. And for many people, you have a trusted confidant who you're going to share maybe all aspects of your life with that you're not necessarily going to share with your romantic partner. And so a lot of women in finding this information out you know, there is like the eye roll and horror and disgust of Sandoval, but maybe you didn't have necessarily Mm. as much trust and investment as a viewer, even Mm -hmm. especially in this guy who you maybe always thought was a little greasy versus Raquel, who if there were jokes that she was dumb or whatever else, questions of her intelligence, which gets into an odd area for me. um, But there was seemingly not any idea that a person it's one thing to have a romantic partner especially a long-term partner a significant life partner as it appears Ariana and Tom felt for each other or at least they were communicating to each other it is one thing to have that dynamic and to be cheated on by them that is a horrible life-altering kind of um 
what's the word I'm even trying to think of? We're recording this late on Saturday. It's uh, when someone is. Um, oh my God, I don't know what the word you're looking for. Like uh, when someone um, uh, abuses trust in that way with you. Betrayal? Yeah. When you're betrayed by a romantic partner, that is horrible. The person that you would talk to about that betrayal is that person mm-hmm. that you have significant platonic love for. And in our world and our universe, often the idea of romantic love is seen as more powerful and um, uh, more important in some ways than platonic love. But that's not necessarily the reality for a lot of people in examining the way that intimacy can be expressed in their life. And so a lot of people were like, well, guys are always a piece of shit and, you know, he's a pig and whatever else, which he is. He is a piece of shit. He is a pig. Mm -hmm. But the shock that came from a lot of us, including definitely myself, was the fact that a close friend who Ariana considered a best friend and Raquel expressed was a best friend would betray, you know, your platonic love in that way would betray someone who you share intimacies with would betray someone who if we are to be believed the end of the season includes a conversation and this is I guess a spoiler that I didn't want to know but I was tagged in a post about it so skip ahead 20 seconds if you don't want to hear this or maybe more but allegedly at the end of the season this is something that Andy has talked around and Lala has talked around on watch what happens that there's a conversation where Ariana says to Raquel, like, I think Tom is cheating on me. And Raquel is like, oh, my God, blah, 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 blah. And like, he would never or whatever else. Like, can you imagine having that conversation with someone who you consider to be a deep and important part of your life and a safe space in which to talk about all of the other spaces in your life, which might include some element of safety, hopefully, with your romantic partner, but does also include a place to talk about that person. like. It is like a joke, but not that in some ways friendships can be a form of therapy. Like that is, there should be a healthy place for a person to go to have conversations and feel like they are being treated respectfully with love and support and feel safe. So to find out not only that you were betrayed by that person, but that was the person that you chose to talk to about this because you trusted them that much. Yeah. This is not a normal. We have to go when it comes to the like, and then I'll stop monologuing. When it comes to the conversation about like, I can't believe that Raquel and Ariana were such close friends. One has to think about obviously the production aspects of like, you're going to shoot a scene with whomever and you guys are going to talk about whatever. But also like, who did Ariana choose to talk about with this? Mm-hmm. She talked to Raquel. Now we don't have enough info. We haven't seen the scenes to know. Did you talk to Raquel because you thought something was happening with Raquel? Was a part of the conversation like, hey, Raquel, just make sure. I just want to make sure that like nothing is happening with you and my you know, partner of almost a decade. I don't know. I don't have that information. And I tried to know as little as I possibly could about what's going to happen with the rest of the season. But I mean, like that is the holy. F- it is the hashtag girl on girl crime. Yeah. Doesn't explain the ways that, you know, um, people have come in hot in expressing their frustration but i do think that this the conversation on why has raquel received more hate is more nuanced i would say than just an lol to using the phrase just or the word just rather but like not just about misogyny and sexism there is also a very nuanced and complicated conversation i think around the ways that women have faith in each other 
and the fact that this would happen with someone's best friend, that is the thing that I still can't get over. That is, if, if I was in a long-term, and we're just staring at each other right now, <laughs> just so you guys know, if I w- we're, we're communicating with, with our eyes, with our smiles, if I was in a long-term relationship and had been cheated on by a significant other in a long-term relationship, I mean, that I'm sure would bring me to my knees. Like, that would break me. That would be horrifying. But just in the world of magical make-believe, if that still happened, but involved the betrayal of a close friend in my circle of friends, I would, it, it would be a level of like, I must smite that wouldn't, it, it just rises to a different, the, the complexities involved in that, because who am I going to talk to about that? Like, I thought I trusted her enough to talk about concerns, fears, frustration that I had. So who am I going to talk to about my best friend with? Another best friend? Do they know? Like, at that point, your world is, it's not even burned to the ground. It's like it never existed. Yeah. I mean, I'm so happy that they put cameras back up. I'm going to be interested to see what that looks like. Like, how many, if they, if it's, a, like, you know, just a few scenes at the very end of the finale, if it's a whole other episode, how it's going to inform the season when the news breaks within the show, you know? I think it's going, I wonder how quickly it was, was it the day after that cameras went up? Like how quickly, I think it well, they found it, out on Wednesday and then, no, it had to have been like a couple days did later. They find, I mean, I know that the, the, I've heard the video at the yeah, concert. Yeah, but like how did it, bre- you said it broke after watch what happens live. What does that mean? So Raquel and Sheena filmed watch what happens live oh, and, that's and when then she, like, went to dinner or a bar or whatever. And at the same time, back in L.A. town, Ariana was supporting Tom at a concert directly preceded it, by I him see. giving interviews about how his relationship is, you know, hashtag stronger than ever. And then she was looking at his phone or whatever. And a, a video, mm-hmm. a, a private video of Sandoval and Raquel popped up on his phone and she called. Sheena I guess or called I think she actually called Raquel Raquel took the call and then Sheena saw Raquel and was like what the fuck is going on I don't remember the exact order because it feels like there's been 16 years between now and then but essentially Ariana and that's found when out Sheena allegedly punched Raquel which has been sort essentially disproven yeah which gets into this whole fucking thing about I I just the, it's so dark and so bleak to think about some of the responses yeah. to all of this. Um, and I don't know when, if at all, we'll have a conversation about that on Vanderpump Rules because the TRO, the temporary restraining order, was still in place when the reunion was filmed. So it does not. It, it, it's just very confusing because I don't know that we'll have a conversation where. Raquel and Sheena are on the same page about what happened, uh, let alone the aftermath. Like, I, I do genuinely wonder if that will ever happen, but I, I don't know. I think it's one of those things that just is very confusing. I think about this a lot with, like, shows like, I think we all felt it with New York's last season. I think that I always feel it with Beverly Hills, mm. Atlanta of last few years, where, like, it feels like stuck and it's like there's elements that are great about this but 
how do we like how do you reignite it like how do you find new cast members to like that feel organic and have history and how do you get the stakes to feel high because now everyone's a celebrity and the fact that this happened and exploded on Vanderpump and they're having such a we're already having a banner season gives me just you know selfishly as a total just like entertainment perspective just gives me hope that like all of these shows that have I think the longer they're on they just you know things happen and they just things get a little stale it does give me hope that they can all find great, great stuff still within them if they're willing to be vulnerable or, I mean, or they get caught. I mean, it really is like an affair to remember. It, it, this is that thing that is going to be longstanding. But I think the difference with casting or energy or whatever else on Vanderpump Rules is, I guess, what we have learned from the Dana. What's her name? Dana. Yeah, Dana. 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 Dana, Dana Brett Max Accord is that it is very difficult and complicated. And plus the call that had happened with casting um, with, you know, some OGs. But it is difficult and complicated to add new members of the cast to this show, which has always seemingly been around a very specific friend circle, unless seemingly the only real way right now to get cast on Vanderpump Rules is to date one of the cast members. Yeah. Which is going to change the kinds of people potentially who are going to join this show. Because maybe you fell in love with someone who happened to be on Vanderpump Rules or maybe something else went down. And that's the only way to join this universe, which is like, I think, probably a difficulty for production and also for people who are on the show. Yeah. Like that's I don't think you can come in. Well, as... I mean, Lala and J- Lala came in as just a hostess, and I feel like it just made sense. Like, but I feel like people need to be yeah, that's true. Integrated slowly, as opposed to being like I feel like Dana Dana seems like she's maybe really friends with him, but she was suddenly like the new Stasi. She was like the new lead blonde, and I was like, who is this person? Well, I also we need think to, we have to earn that. Yeah, and I think Lala joined. I think the the idea of joining and you have to necessarily and that could be easily just proven just through Lala by example. Um, although she did have some flirts and some whatever else is that that happened at a different point in VPR. I would think True. as a result of this. I mean, it seems so obvious, but like my guess is that Ariana is not going to be as welcoming to new people as she once was not to say that she would be in any way disrespectful but to say that maybe she's not going to give people an immediacy of trust and provide them with you know as much full-throated support as she did before maybe some people in the cast are going to in the ways that you would ordinarily look at someone with some level of suspicion or whatever else when they join the show imagine that now with the addition of like wow I was really betrayed while on this show i don't know how welcoming i don't know what the you know yeah welcome committee would look like from here on out using ariana as one person by example but representative of several others i'm really curious to see for ariana ariana grande for ariana's <laughs> um ariana maddox's uh lead character like i just want to see like what her where she's at especially because she seems like she's booked and busy and like that's all wonderful and I'm so happy for her but also like she just this all just happened you know yeah I mean it's it is I mean it really is like she is she went from Ariana to Ariana Grande I mean there is that she is now she's doing did you see that fucking reel of that ad for her for Bloomingdale's Mm -hmm. she looks 
so hot, so incredible, so powerful. I like I want her to get every campaign she's ever gotten, which was one of I had to watch endorsements even. (laughs) hashtag endorsements some of jen aiden's leftover endorsements (laughs) that she um politely declined um but with ariana it's like i want to see her win but i also am very annoyed at tom sandoval's use of her winning to be like essentially i'm responsible for that as something he should be proud of which that howie mandel interview i watched um I started watching it live, but I had another commitment prior. So I watched it halfway through and then it took me literally a thousand tries to watch the rest of it essentially out of order because it was so frustrating and so dumb. And an example is everyone has already communicated this far, but seemingly, I don't know if it was a strategy, but an opportunity, I guess, to like, quote unquote, share Tom's perspective but essentially translate it. So it wasn't really an interview in terms of like challenging someone or asking follow-ups. It was more like, so when you said this, did you mean that? And like, oh, okay, so I don't know any cast member's name and I have no information on the show, but because your drummer slash band manager's wife is a producer here and because obviously this is a great opportunity, I, I mean, for a podcaster, to have hit it on the zeitgeist here, potentially to have that kind of sit down could be an opportunity, but it depends on what your goal is. And it felt like the goal for that team, which includes production, whomever else, was to translate Tom's indiscretions as either some sort of victim narrative or as a man at peace or to like provide his story because everyone hates you. And, you know, while Schwartzing and Watch What Happens Live, you should get a hug. Maybe isn't true. Like, maybe you should get a pat on the back instead. Like, it was it, it was a tough kind of watch. But during it, he was like, and Ariana is getting so many great opportunities. And I'm so happy for her. And there was an an air here in addition to everything else terrible that he said of like, look, it's it's working out for you. What did he it's say? all okay. What did he say about her not wanting to film like their... He said at one point, and I mean, go to my um, pal Face Reality 16. Um, she put up a post that I think that had a summary of this. I think Brands by Bravo did too. A bunch of content creators did with like a list, like a listicle of, of all the shit that happened. Because um, I was spiraling, honestly, as I watched and like completely just trying my best to both focus and not but one of the things he said was like and we broke up or you know I told her that it was over but you know she threatened to do all these things if we actually broke up she he kept talking and referencing their relationship as our brand we Mm -hmm. created a brand and he was like she threatened to quit the show she threatened to do all these things and like move and do all this stuff as if to say that he was um trying to help her by not being honest while also saying that he tried to be honest, while also saying that he wasn't honest because she was trying to protect her from herself. And to reveal that kind of information as a way to placate such horrendous behavior as if to say that, listen, it was complicated. And the reason it was complicated was because my partner was not well. And here is an example of that was like abysmally frustrating to watch because while obviously this man is a gaslighter who's always carried a match, to see an acceptance of that and an attempt to normalize it by a host who like literally doesn't understand what's happening, who probably doesn't have 
enough information in which to understand what's taking place. So he's taking Tom at his word, which you can do. But ideally, you're taking him at his word because you agree with him based on an understanding of what he's saying. Mm -hmm. So we're pretending that it's cute and adorable, that you don't understand what's going on. But then you're telling us that the people who do understand what's going on have overblown a situation you literally are also saying you don't understand. And then on top of it saying he's misunderstood. But how, how is a person misunderstood when you don't understand what's happening? Where is the misunderstanding here? The misunderstanding is you thinking that because this guy has been nice to you at group events, that like that's the entirety of who he is. And also, I think at one point, Howie Mandel thought that Tom and Raquel had only kissed because there was like some wheels turning for him in like them tiptoeing around the idea that an affair doesn't always have to include intimacy to the extent of sex. But in their situation, it did. So like... And we kissed and then other other stuff happened and time went by and then something else. And it's like Howie Mandel, you watched in real time him being like, wait a second, are they fucking like it was it was because he was like, I I don't understand what the big deal is. He kept saying, I don't understand what the big deal is. And it was an odd thing also for Sandoval to be like, she threatened to do all these things. And it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, you did fuck her best friend. Did she move out of town? Did she quit the show? So you were saying you are afraid of what she may or may not have communicated out loud during a period of duress. But then you're also saying that the potential duress is the reason you weren't honest with her. So when you say words out loud, the reason that they're not fully honest is because you're trying to protect your partner. But when your partner says words out loud, they're always based on a hundred thousand percent fact. Does that make any sense? Like, I don't know if I'm making sense as I say this out loud. Like, he is attempting to say. Yeah, what you're saying makes sense. Yeah, that Ariana's truth as she's expressing emotions is to be always taken literally. But the literal reasons why Tom didn't say, I am having sex with one of your best friends is complicated because he was trying to protect her. But it's like words don't only matter and become real when you're trying to manipulate them to make yourself seem more sympathetic. Right, right, And right. Ariana, more complicated. And by complicated, I mean uh, easier for people to understand that there's more nuance, that she's not an angel, which is Tom Sandoval's PR strategy because he's a fucking genius. <laughs> I'm so... I was trying to figure out how many more episodes we have because I think that there's like... Do you know how many more episodes we have left? Like a million. Although I do know when the countdown begins to the end of the season. So I guess I could do math in my head because of some stuff that you guys are going to find out about shortly. Follow me on social. Um, But I, yeah. So what are we in now? We're recording this April 46th. 14th. 14th. So I would say there are maybe... Five episodes left, maybe. Okay, five or, episodes before the reunion, or a thousand. I don't know. Yeah, I think that sounds about right because I think we're at episode ten. I think that maybe they have like sixteen or seventeen episodes with reunions. Yeah, I think that tracks, but I could be also a thousand percent wrong. I have no idea. It's it's wild because I don't know that it just the timing of this is so crazy because it does feel like we have months ahead of us of continuing content because we sort of do because the reunion I would assume is going to be couple parts yeah one would assume um tell me your thoughts on new jersey 
I am so sick of Teresa and Joe's fight. Mm. I got stoned a few weeks ago. Mazel tov. And I first started thinking, I was like with my friend Jonathan, kikiing about housewives. And I started thinking about Teresa and Joe. And like, I happen to be a person that if I like take an edible, I'm either like having a great time or like very cerebral, mm. which sometimes is great because I feel like I like can do a lot of inner, like I can do a lot of inward work, work and reflection. And, but also like, Sometimes it's not fun because I was like, I just want to like chill out. But this particular evening, I started thinking about Teresa and Joe and I was just like thinking, and I probably sent you voice notes about this because I probably thought I really uncovered <gasps> something. Oh, I just got so excited. I don't think I got any. But like they are both just such like wounded children about like the ways in which the family hierarchy, like the ways in which she was valued as like the only girl in this Italian American family. The ways in which she feels he was valued as the only boy in this Italian-American family. Like, I feel like they've always been in competition for, like, their parents' love and, like, validation. And Mm. the show has, like, replaced their parents and, like, the fame game and, like, trying. Oh, jeez. And it's exhausting because it's, like, they need to not be in this system anymore in order to actually repair this relationship if they want to. Or they need to decide that they don't care to, which I think it seems like they've decided that maybe more that they, like, they don't really like each other. And like this idea of like closeness um, and like family first was really like a facade because and more rooted in like being old school, as a lot of Italian Americans like to say, mm-hmm. but not really rooted in actually having a close relationship, just like rooted in like respecting their parents and like the legacy of the family and like put keeping up appearances and being good Italian kids. So I find watching it like exhausting because like Teresa doesn't have that language to articulate. I mean, neither of them, they, they argue the same way. And I do think that Melissa like tries and has historically tried at times to diffuse or be like a mouthpiece for Joe and mouthpiece maybe sounds like Maybe that sounds like an advocate, maybe. Yeah, that's a better word. Like she's tried to like translate, I think, for him on the show. And I think that there have honestly been efforts, I think, on Louis's part where he has tried, but also like it always takes a weird twist. Like I wear your father's pajamas and shit like that. That's like kooky bananas. Um, But I don't think these two people are really capable. I do not think they have like the emotional intelligence for it or the desire to really because I think the hurt is just so deep. Like I don't think they have the want. So watching it, and it's like, it is the most interesting piece of the puzzle in New Jersey, but it also just like, it's like, we're just trying to fit the piece into the puzzle for how many seasons now? So I just, and I know this is what everyone's been saying is like, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? But it's like, where do we go from here? You know, Um, like, I like the new women all, like, I like them all fine enough, um, but Nothing that like Marge or Jen Aiden or Jackie or Jen Fessler or Dolores have going on is dynamic enough, more dynamic than what ha- exists between Joe and Teresa. I just came back from the salon and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream 
is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roe.co slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. What do you, I mean, I know you told me when I got here, you said you were really, you were really vibing on it or really into it. Like, tell me what you think of it and like, why, why, what is keeping you hooked? Or are you just still hooked on the Teresa and Joe piece? Well, I don't know if this is like considered a Debbie Downer kind of perspective, but a part of it is because I know this isn't going to happen again. So I can't feel, I, I don't. I personally, just as a human person, I know I absolutely could be in the minority on this, but I either can't or don't allow myself to feel like, oh, this has just been, um, we've, it's been relitigated over and over and over again. We already know what happened. For me, I'm processing it like, we already know that they're no longer here. I want to fully understand and be in the center of like, in the, in the absolute crosshairs of trying to like, 
understand and appreciate, which doesn't mean enjoy, but just like take note of exactly what is leading to what both sides are saying is the absolute final chapter for them, maybe on camera or for life or for a couple years or just for where they are, you know, as a family that is the best kind of repair for them is to move on from each other. It is not like, I don't know a lot of people that are like a straight, I'm not saying that everyone needs to like be close with their family because certainly they do not need to, but I don't know a lot of people in my real life who are like estranged from family, like, like literally don't have siblings that they don't talk to and stuff. What I think is interesting when you think about housewives is like, there's a couple pockets of like siblings on different shows. Like there's Mm -hmm. the Richard sisters who historically are two of the three are always on the, like two are okay when, and there's always a third on the outs. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's the Manzos, where they were fine on the show, right? But then, like, once Dina left the show, then they had a falling out. Is that correct? can't even remember when Dina was on the show. Because, like, they were never on the show together again after Dina left. Right, because Caroline wasn't there when she came back. Yeah. And then, and, like, Jacqueline, I don't know where she operates in that, because I feel like she was fine with both of them. I don't remember where Chris and... I forget where, and I know that I should know this, but I don't know that she, I think like Dina has sort of reached out maybe a little. And then you have the Gorga. So I just think it's interesting that there's like Caroline and Dina are like not on speaking terms Mm -hmm. from what we know. Right. The Richard, same. And now it's like Joe and Teresa are there too. And Dina, by the way, and Teresa. Allegedly, there's like some weird kind of. Oh yeah, because of like Dina, um, Dina's husband, new husband. who I guess said it didn't happen as Joe said, but who knows? I'm sure we'll get into that on the reunion. But sorry, what were you going to say? No, I just think like, I don't know that I had, what my point is other than like, it's just, it, I don't know that the Manzo stuff has anything to, actually don't think the Manzo or the Richard stuff have to do with television. It's just maybe exacerbated by television. Mm. I don't know that the Gorgas stuff has to do with television, but I think that it is become the ways in which, like, you know, like, Teresa's felt like she had her own thing. Finally, Mm. she was able to break out and, like, have an identity that existed outside of being the daughter, outside of being a wife, outside of being a mother. And then Melissa and Melissa wanted to be on the show so badly, which, like, I believe, I believe the story as Carlos King said where he was basically like yeah Ter- like melissa wanted to be on the show like i believe it but mm-hmm. also like that is what it is teresa's still mad about getting asked to be in a wedding when she was pregnant like they just did not like each other and then they got on the show and it just feels like just like watching a family decide that they'd rather be famous for however long housewives are famous which like right now has been a long time like the era isn't ending anytime soon but also, like, it doesn't mean it's going to be on for another 20 years. So, like, and they are choosing that over their family, which, again, like, I'm not saying they have to be close. If it's toxic, it's toxic. If it's the way to be, it's the way to be. It is just interesting, like. But the idea of them choosing the show over their family makes it sound like the family is a, a something that can be chosen. I don't know what their different versions of family looks like because it feels like ultimately there needs to be a sacrifice Mm -hmm. of some person's something in order to maintain a unit but like what is what value is the unit bringing aside from a continuation of a family structure that you Mm -hmm. Teresa and Joe have been a part of since you both were born born yeah I think that There's so much, like, real pain there. It doesn't feel like it's a falling out over whatever. And, I mean, I guess that you could argue that about any family. But it doesn't feel like 
and I don't know what Dina and Caroline's like beef is, but if it's like over a business deal gone wrong, or well, and then the assault and everything else. I mean, there's oh, right, and Tom, she additional like a, chapters yeah, here. She that like are Ashley Darby for Tommy. Like she like wrote a witness, right? She wrote like she a wrote letter, a, a character, letter of letter. character. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Um, That's not what it's actually called. I forget. I know. Yeah, <laughs> character <laughs> letter. Agreed, whatever. We agreed that it is. <laughs> yeah, we but, don't remember. We don't remember the words. Um, it's like, but it's not based on an event. It's really, I mean, it's based just on deep trauma of like we grew up this way and then your wife got on the show and I hate her because of that and then all of these other things have just like so it's just like bubble 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 it's like a million things so well and every every event is a singular event when it comes to the Gorgas every and by Gorgas I mean Teresa Gorga and Joe Gorga every event is a singular event that happens to be in a series of events I would love Teresa and Joe to go to therapy together if but, like, that will never happen because... Louis would want to be the therapist? Yeah, Louis would want to be the therapist. And they would have to, like, put Melissa in there, too. And it would just, like, be the same thing. Well, the thing that was so interesting to me was... So, I... Tobes was in town. So, I just caught up on VPR, Lala's Watch What Happens, and New Jersey. And Melissa's Watch What Happens before you came over. And before we started recording this, which was preceded by, like, nine hours of us having hashtag friend talk. Um... But I watched that Watch What Happens, which I had heard. I heard it was a spicy, spicy event. And it was. And I was like, oh, Melissa right now really, truly has like zero fucks. Like I know I saw people online comparing it to Carol energy from Carol's last reunion. I did not get that. But yes, I saw people saying that too. I understood a little. Yeah, I it's not a perfect equalization, I would say. But I appreciated the fact that while maybe Melissa wasn't like challenging Andy in the ways that Carol was by saying like you're full of shit like you're just like fucking afraid it. of her I cannot believe they fired her after that we were robbed of a we great were robbed. season we were robbed that would have been an incredible moment and uh, I'm sure the Having trajectory of New York would have changed we would not be on 100% Carol and Bethany coming back and not pause. being friends to start a season nuts I can't believe we missed that literally they, and actually fi- plays they chose to Carol her and played plays into exactly what Carol was saying because yes, they were afraid they of fired her. her and then they like let her say that she quit and One then and then and then Bethany was like she got fired and it was like because of you you stupid fucking <laughs> asshole. Well, what does winning look like? Does winning mean that your now nemesis is no longer on, or does winning mean you're a part of a great she was, show? She was. It's hard. It's right. Personal. She was Bethany's most reality TV. Is she was Beth- Bethany's most. Um, what is the word like? Worthy adversary. Thank you. Which yeah. is not what Bethany wants. Right. Like she never, because like Dorinda was then was then the best one which, added. Which, LOL. Which was like, at when she's at a 10, amazing. But when she's at 17 10, martinis and seven bumps of cocaine in, it's not, oh it's not as good. Listen, like Carol, season. Carol and um, Bethany being able to go back and forth was amazing because it was like, Bethany was, you saw her on, I got the hinge, I have the hinge app right here. I'll show you what he messaged me. And I was like, girl, you, you're getting too mad. I loved it. But now we were robbed of it. Anyway, sorry, that's a tangent. But I just like, I missed, I cannot believe, because I really did a real 180 on Carol, but I'm, I'm sad that she didn't get to come back. Anyway, you were saying people were comparing Harold's performance at that, at her final reunion versus Andy to Melissa's appearance on Watch What Happens Live this past week. Sidebar, I do want to see a Venn diagram of Swifties and their like red scarf energy about the Jake Gyllenhaal song and then New <laughs> the York rest, fans the and the red guy scarf from guy. Speed Dating. And I want to see who is in the middle. Um, so, so there was a spice. There was a heat. And I found that delightful television. And I watched the after show for both um, Lala and Melissa, which you can find on Bravo's uh, YouTube if you so desire. And um, 
but what was interesting to me, I forget if this was on the main show or on the after show, Andy said the thing that I've been wondering, one of many people to do so, like, what do you cover on the reunion if both of these couples, essentially, both siblings, rather, really, when we get to this, are walking out the door? Like, what is there? What are the stakes here? It's not to repair the relationship. The re- the relationship is over. And I forget the exact words Andy was using, but he was essentially like, the story is over. And Melissa's like, yeah, like, go deep. But like, Andy was essentially saying, like, do, what's the point of me going deep? Because we already know how this has ended. You guys are both in agreement. And I think Melissa heard that and heard the words and was like, go deep or whatever. But she was obviously out. Like, the way that Melissa was communicating was consistent on the show and the after show of, like, it's done. Like, do whatever you want. But, like, you're not a therapist. And we've already kind of, like, we know how this is going. You're not going to repair a thing over three. This isn't, a, Melissa didn't say this, but it's not Married to Medicine season five. This is not a relationship in distress that the cast is able to galvanize back together, not in saying this is a happy relationship once again because we recorded in a room for 10 hours, but to say we're not going to press stop. We're going to press pause. And with the Gorgas, meaning Teresa and Joe, it's like not that. Like mm-hmm. th- they are both, they both stop tape like they are both okay ending but what's interesting was I think because of the way that Andy this might just be my complete interpretation but I watched that I think twice and the way that Andy was like the story is over whatever I think in Joe's head he heard the story is over as far as like the show is over and he was he said something along the lines of like but we're family so you never know like go deep like do the thing like we're family we're whatever and I'm thinking to myself like First off, that's the exact opposite of what your wife just said on the show. And you are two different people who have the right to have two different opinions. But my sense of things is not that Joe thinks that we're family. We can work this out. I don't I think that's the opposite of what Joe thinks is going to happen. So why is he saying that to Andy right now? Is he saying that because he heard the words this is over and he's thinking the show is over? And I don't mean that as a critique. I'm literally not criticizing Joe by asking that. I'm just wondering in his head, which gets to what you were saying about the ways they process this and the ways that the show has become a symbol and maybe there's even a familial um attraction there or dynamic in play but was Joe hearing the story is over and his first thought is the story is over meaning my relationship with my sister is over and let's add in hope let's go to a place called hope or is he thinking the story is over meaning the show is over meaning we can't both exist on this island anymore so who's going to get voted off I, I mean I didn't see the after show but like that is how I interpret it is that like they are they know that Teresa is going to stay win if one of them gets fired because I don't know the audience is, is sick of relitigating they didn't show up to her wedding. wedding which is like you can't get I mean you're more you're I think you I think your family is maybe more connected to their Italian yeah I mean then mine is I, yeah I mean because I'm a pizza bagel we're not we're not smart people but I think that they're not smart I mean, Melissa's smart, but the others are not. What do you mean? 
Teresa and Joe are stupid, so I feel like our fam- <laughs> my family isn't. But yeah, like, there's definitely like old school, like traditional values that exist, especially in my extended family. Mm. Um, so like, what would happen, for example, if I don't know because we're not like I don't. So I feel like there would have been a conversation if somebody if there, there was, would have been. Yeah, just like I don't. Yeah. think I can't imagine. Not it sh- wouldn't get to that. point. I cannot imagine not showing up to my siblings' wedding because not- of a 1920s party that happened the night before that there was some sort of altercation at surrounded by by cameras. And also, I can't imagine. But I also can't imagine, like, being on the outs with my siblings, like, where I literally don't speak to them because they don't come to a wedding or something. Do you, like, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, I can't even imagine this scenario because it would never happen. Like, I would just have to have a conversation with them, you know? Like, we'd just never get to that point. Um, and for them, their dynamic is we've had so many conversations about the same thing. And you could say I'm saying that as Teresa. You could say I'm saying that as Joe Melissa. And like, we're still back here. There I is no other way. really having conversations. I mean, maybe they are off camera. I don't think they really have a relationship, a strong relationship off camera, which I think really was illuminating at last reunion when it kind of like when Teresa said, like, we're not close. She's not going to be at my wedding party. Then the whole thing came out about like, you asked me to be a bridesmaid when I was like eight months pregnant. So, like, then that was, that felt like the first time, like, they were actually uncovering those things. Mm. I think there's a lot of shit about the family, like, the parents that they will never say, at least on camera, because they will never disrespect their parents. And I think that there was also stuff, like, about the way that Joe, like, that, like, that no-no saw Joe Giudice. That, As like, a surrogate son. That that was complicated because Joe was on the out. Joe Gorga was on the outs with the parents. So I feel like that stuff that like they're not going to relitigate. But I feel like there's a lot of deep pain and hurt there. I think that Joe resents Joe Giudice and and by proxy Teresa because both of their parents died while she while. No, no, died when she was out, right? But yes. her mother died while she was away. I can't remember. No, that was wasn't that um, Joe Judy Trey? No, her mom died when. But she, the thing is, she lost a year because she was away, which is what she Got understandably it. so blamed her then husband for. Yes, and I think his that, dad, I think, died at some point. And I think that Joe, and I'm not away, saying possibly. that this necessarily makes. I mean, it makes sense. Like he feels like her legal troubles. Him, the, the the grandfather needing to step up and help caretake for the children, all of that stuff like exacerbated both of his parents' death. Mm-hmm. So he resents Teresa's poor choices. Like, listen, I'm just psychoanalyzing them, but I just think that like there's such deep pain, and they never having those real conversations because they both go to such like deep anger, which is like a such a secondary. I mean, not always, but is a secondary emotion. So it's like, like I would love it if Andy actually just had like cleared the stage and had. The two, like, Melissa, I mean, Teresa and Joe, and just talk to them. And, like, they were actually able to get to a place of, like, what do we love about each other? And is there a reason to be connected? But it won't happen because Melissa is the housewife, not Joe. Also, that's not what the show is. And, but then also you have, like, Jen, you know, Aiden, who I love and is a great housewife, but her being, you know, being like, shut up, bitch, you don't know. And it's like, it's like not, nothing is getting pushing forward because that's not what this show is, you know? And also the fact that if there was a sit down with Andrew and Teresa and Tree and Joe, if there was Andy, Teresa and her brother, Joe, Andy would say to Teresa, what's what the fuck is happening and what needs to change? And I think Teresa instinctively would say, Melissa, Melissa needs to do a better job. And we can't get past that. And I don't know why we can't except to say that maybe that's why we can't because we are only looking at Joe as a symbol of Melissa and we're looking at Melissa 
as a consequence of mistreating. Yeah, and Melissa wanted to be on the show so bad that now their their relationship is fucked up. That is what that is that is to me the subtext. Your wife wanted to be on this show so bad and had to take the only thing I ever had for me, and you went along with it because you don't have any balls because you're a pussy boy. And I defended you for years, but that is what I think of you because you throw away our relationship for your wife to be a TV star. So. And Teresa doesn't have a great example from her own marriage of like what partnership looks like, what support looks like, because her husband was checked the fuck out. Listen, I think if you were like suddenly a celebrity and you feel like you were like became the breakout star of a show that was like you were, it was like a fat, it was like what she, it was the Manzos and Jacqueline Larita. Like she was the friend. She was not, and she became a star because of the table toss and all these things. And now she's like the last OG standing and your sibling joined the show I don't know like there is stuff there right like oh my god I would be so upset are you fucking kidding and I didn't like I didn't like my sister-in-law and now she's on the fucking show right and not only is that going to come up that I don't like her but also she might in fact become successful I would not love that so like I get it it's just like for years we haven't been able to say what it is because it's the show and also because Teresa was trying to have respect for not respect for Joe but like didn't want to call the thing the thing and then the the husband, I'm sure Joe had to hear, Joe Judice heard about it. So then like that creates tension with this and like the parents are hearing about it. It was just, I feel like there's so much there, but it's just, there. there's not an interest in repairing it or, and it's not going to happen on television. And the thing is, the symbol is Melissa and Joe joining the show, but that's not when there was a fracture. No. There was a fracture seemingly. But that stuff is goofy. I mean, we don't know the details, but that stuff is goofy to me. Like, that's, like, weird, like... But all of this is goofy when you think about it. Yeah, but it's, like, that's weird, goofy, like, no girl is good enough for my baby brother. That's, like, goofy Italian-American. Again, that's, like, misogyny. It's, like, being, like, this dumb slut who is a bartender at a Jersey bar isn't good enough for my baby brother. But I don't think that's what Teresa is saying. What Teresa is saying is this person didn't respect me and treat me well. And I wanted to be treated like, oh, my God, I'm about to quote Richards, but, like, like a good sister <laughs> like what Kathy Teresa wanted to be treated like the ways that Kim <laughs> are you, are you, told are you, Kyle that are you Kathy quoting Kimberly her. Kimberly Richards that is how unwell that I am <laughs> we um, began and we're now ending okay, with fair, Kim okay fair enough but I think that's that isn't that more the th- I think that's well more the, I think it's I think it's more than just that I think that, I think it's more than all, all of it but I do think that there is some of that like Melissa wasn't good enough for me. but also melissa wasn't but, good enough for yeah, me she didn't, she she didn't, didn't respect she didn't kiss the ring, ring. yeah I was she did not respect me in the ways that she should because i am the older sister and also you, i should be respected and maybe Teresa genuinely felt that in the ways that melissa genuinely felt disrespected this person i'm joining this family i'm marrying into this family and i don't feel welcome here i mean both of them the the welcome wagon did not seemingly show up with the gifts that one would assume it would when you're moving to the neighborhood or when a new neighbor moves in. And this is good neighbor, bad neighbor is what we're watching play out, except they're both good or they're both bad, depending on which dynamic you're part of. I, either way, I can't explain it to you except to say that I'm really enjoying this season and I have thoughts and feels about Dolores and Polly, which we will get into on a next episode. I'm going to dangle that as a carrot to okay. invite you back. Do you think, like, are you vibing with the, new, the three new women? Do you think... LOL that- three, but yeah. What is that? Because two and a half because Jen Fessler. <laughs> two and a half. 
friend of. James Gandolfini was literally inside, <laughs> inside of me. I mean, Twice. I cannot. I was like, are there legal ramifications? I was imagining <laughs> what the, the network had to go through their legal team and be like, did Can they we actually say this? And the team had to be like, Wait, it's, it's a low risk. His, 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 his estate? <laughs> this is so depressing. No, but I mean, it's like, I was just like, God, what? It's so like they really hot. made the choice to include that memory. in. Because it was so bizarre that she was so happy to admit. I don't like, I guess if I. It was the language. It wasn't like I shook up a celebrity. It was the fact that she said, and yes, he was inside of me. That yeah. was. She was also like, we weren't. So I was weird. waiting for them to show a picture of them together. And then she was like a Getty image. And she was like, just, we didn't date. She's like, we just, we fucked. But then he was the one once. that got away, except he was never really there. That yes. was honest, because he really was I'm truly kind of, never really I'm there. I'm kind of into her chaotic energy. I'm into all of the new girls in a way. They just, the other two feel very young. But I'm interested in that Danielle, here we come, another person who has like family stuff. Mm. And then, sorry, I know that you were trying to wrap up, but I have to like pose these few questions. No, please. Like, Danielle has this thing with her brother, which like I also agree that like it has to be like your brother Bach, do you on Instagram and now you're like literally not talking. I mean, literally Italian Italian American people are so goofy and I mean goofy. Well I mean withholding. Stupid. No, I <laughs> I'm saying that people are gonna get mad at me. We're both Italian. Uh, uh, <laughs> you can't do that. I'm just Who kidding. do you think you are? Giselle? We're gonna, we don't talk about We're gonna edit that out. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not we're um, So the it has to be more than to that. Not that that can't be like the inciting incident or that couldn't have been a catalyst, but like that is wild. But then people were Dolores on the after show, which I don't normally, I haven't wa- been watching. Oh my watching, God, I haven't watched a single episode. I, saw, I forgot. I, saw I watched a, a single episode of the after show for uh, New Jersey. I saw a clip <gasps> where Dolores is Liddy Titty and she's like, fucking Jackie should talk about why she doesn't talk to her sister. <gasps> she's so concerned. Shut up. Yeah. And I oh was my God, like, I need to watch that also, 80 like, times. I would need Jackie to like, I thought I had heard that she, like, was coming in, like, at a 10 because she was really working to click to, mm. for, like, full-time promotion next season. Yeah, that's a problem with math. And I was like, oh, I don't see her. Mm-mm, we're not counting those numbers that high. Um, But I'm interested to see if she's activated by that because you can't – don't come for other people's family relationships if you have, like, if you're shit at your – you know what I mean? Like, don't don't tell Danielle – call Danielle out on camera and say there's more to the story you're brought you didn't and if you literally don't talk to one of your siblings and it's a but secret we know that that's not a secret that came up on a previous season this is the thing that I'm confused by I remember Jackie talking about that well Dolores said that the reason that Jackie said again this was a clip out of context like on Instagram but she said that whatever the reason that, like Jackie is saying that she and her I think her sister I'm not afraid to her brother but I think it's a sister like don't speak is like there's more to the story and that like like it's the same thing that like Whatever, like, she does, she was like, I agree with, like, Danielle's probably more to the story, but also Jackie. There's always more to the story. The the thing that's confusing to me about the Danielle stuff is, like, listen, I get it if you're a cast member, like, how confusing this is, because all Danielle has said to you is that something happened with her brother thinking her Instagram posts were corny, and so she blocked him, and then the wedding didn't happen. That's maybe all she has told the cast, but she has told us more either in confessionals or in the thing, the scene with her family. Cause I remember her saying something along the lines of like the Instagram thing happened. And then also my brother or maybe soon to be sister-in-law didn't like me overstepping potentially in like wedding stuff. Oh, and that I don't escalated. remember that. I remember it. I don't remember where I watched <laughs> it, but it was, I believe part of a previous episode, but it was not to my memory, which is garbage. Um, in interaction with a cast member. I think it was with either members of her family or in a members of her family plus a confessional where they were talking about the estrangement and everything else. There was an additional thing here, an additional clue. It wasn't just 
Instagram. It was Instagram and then other stuff happened in the lead up to their wedding and they felt like she was exerting too much control or maybe had too many opinions or whatever else, which is, I mean, weddings are a nightmare for 99.873% of those involved in weddings. It brings up all of the worst aspects, including sometimes on the wedding day. It is a wonderful opportunity to open up Pandora's box of family secrets and nobody's in control of the lid. So like, you know, do I think that there's more to the story here? Yeah, because Danielle told us one time and then said like, just kidding, (laughs) everybody else, you guys either don't trust you enough or I'm not going to have this conversation. Well, yeah. Either way, I'm not. It's also like hard, like when you, I imagine that you sign up for these shows, but like your story is your story, but also it involves other people who don't sign up for the show. So now you're like, you know what I mean? Like now you're like telling your everybody from your family stuff, even if it's your version of events. Yeah. It's like now everyone's implicated, including people who maybe like your parents who are like, you're not on out the outs with, but like they're involved in the thing, you know? I don't know. Jersey continues. This conversation actually invigorated me. I was like asleep. Um, <laughs> and I feel like it invigorated me about New Jersey and because I feel like I've been kind of like whatever about it. Mm. But I do think that like the family stuff, it's like back to what makes Vanderpump Rules so great is like the stakes. Just because like most of these people have been on the show since season one. And if not, then like two, seasons two, three, four, like they've been around. And so like the friendships run deep. Like some of these people have been to dating or married for a long time. With Jersey, it's like these are family. So again, the stakes are high because like whether Melissa and Teresa love each other or hate each other, whether they're on the show or not, they're still connected by family. Like they're connected like by blood. And like that doesn't have to mean anything, but it's still just like a fact. So like when they stop filming and like they don't see Danielle Staub like ever again until she tries to come back for season 27, that's like she's done. But like, I don't know, Antonia and... Melania may still have a relationship even if although that seems like that's coming up that's on next the, week's episode. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. This Teresa better keep Antonia's name out of, out of her, her mouth. fucking mouth. I mean, that is the thing that makes me really nervous because Teresa may try to be maybe trying to communicate something in her head and genuinely on the up and up and saying like, well, there's something else that happened. We were surprised that Antonia didn't. But it's like, you, you do we have trust here where you should be mentioning you know, your niece's name as a way to communicate why something isn't working out. Like this really is Degrassi, the next generation. And it's like, it's not going to go, it's going to go nowhere quick because we don't want, we've seen how well that works out when Gia is involved in conversation by people aside from, you know, Teresa as the one communicating. It It doesn't work out great. Yeah. It is interesting. What do you think of Gabriella saying... I know what you want to say. No, no, no. Because, you know, I've always thought she's the smartest in like the voice of the chorus of that household. Yeah. So the fact that she sort of subscribes to the same belief system, I think I thought when I had heard it was going to happen, I thought that I would like be illuminating that I would be like, oh, she's going to have like, she's going to give me some sort of context that's going to like be more thoughtful than the ways anyone else has communicated the um, Teresa and Joe stuff. Just because I think she's a smart, she seems to be smart and not interested in like popping off on television but what she said was sort of just like if your own brother doesn't come to your wedding then like, or like whatever she said was sort of like she didn't have anything new to say she sort of just said the same i thought like judice like stock answer basically about Teresa and joe's relationship not being able to move on and like them not being ra- around like he's our uncle and we never see him right um i mean this might be my memory being kaput but i actually thought that she did 
provide the kind of answer that you would want, which was I thought she asked for like more context, wanted more information on essentially what it was that she was um, responding to. And she was given very, very limited context and background by essentially Teresa and Louie. So she had an answer based on that information and then was sort of like yes anding like continuing i love her she's the only one yeah so i just want to let you know that this lovely young lady she did a she did a good job and she seemed to have an idea of like what remind me essentially of what it is that i'm responding to because i have no idea maybe i'm conflating it with i think there's that sneak peek where it is melania who's like in they're like in their bridesmaids dresses and she's like if your own brother doesn't come to your wedding it's done and it's like okay you're 11 (laughs) (laughs) She's also 16, 17. Yeah. I mean, these kids she's are growing like, up. And she's a crime boss in the way she says it. <laughs> she's also a fucking angel. Like, she does these, like, she's helping all these, like, nonprofit organizations. And the way that she's helping um, her uh, stepbrother who um, has autism. I mean, I just. I, her stepbrother. With, her stepbrother. Teresa's oh, stepson. Oh, I didn't know one, this. Yeah, Louis. One of Louis has, I think, two kids. One of whom um, lives with autism, and I think, uh, which is the way that I would describe it when talking about, for example, and you know, language is incredibly important. But the ways that I try to communicate, for example, my brother uh, being paralyzed is that he lives with paralysis mm-hmm. because. He is to say he is a paralyzed person is to say that his identity is connected with paralysis mm. as opposed to paralysis is something that he experienced, but he is also a, a whole person on top of that. So, um, you know, uh, that's just my uh, everybody has, uses language differently. And, and as long as it's done with some understanding of respect, God bless. Um, but to say that Melania, uh, say what you will about Teresa, and she has been a trigger for me on this podcast. Like season, I've said it a thousand times, but like season three, four, Teresa was to me like an unsustainable toxicity. I was very angry and like repelled by some of her reactions and responses. And I have found myself to be more open and understanding and more nuanced maybe in understanding her, although I really do lean Melissa. Um, but I'm, I'm open to it. I really, I don't have, I'm not on a team, you know what I'm saying? But you look at Teresa and I just have to go off of who Teresa is in understanding the cultural responsibilities and identities that she might be, have, that she may have dealt with at, at varying parts and may continue to. But like, you look at the kids that she's raised and while there can be jokes or assumptions or statements about her, the use of the word intelligence, when you talk about Teresa, to say that Teresa has been a success is to me undeniable when you think about housewives, but also as a parent, like the kids that she has raised, especially when her then husband wasn't allowed in this country in which to parent. Like we talk about absentee parents. I mean, he was not allowed to be a physical presence and now they're finding ways to like visit him so that he can stay a physical part of their life in addition I'm sure to constant contact otherwise but like the kids that she has raised it's undeniable I think to me that she has raised seemingly lovely responsible intelligent um 
bonded siblings, which I think is a testament to her love and attention and work as a parent. So it's like we can joke and and talk honestly about whether or not Teresa has capacity to understand things the ways in the ways that we would like to in conversations around emotional intelligence. You're looking at me in a way that I'm like, no, no, what's listening. happening? Um, but there is also, you know, which makes me like, eh, but also like, yeah, she is obviously uh, someone who holds on to things and her, it, she is stubborn as stubborn can be. Um, but also I think of like, her stubbornness and making sure that her kids come out of this decent people. And I think she's done from what we have seen. Yeah, We've seen we years see. of it. I think that it's the show also doesn't allow for a lot of personal growth because it's not always rewarded. Um, That's a great point. Yeah. Like the show rewards conflict and mm. pushing story. And so story can mean personal growth, but also you're re- often rewarded for, you know, having big, moments big reactions mm. pushing big story big fights and i think that that sometimes can make like it's you're like a good housewife doubles down on her point of view she's not a person who says oh you're right because that just ends the thing mm-hmm. so like the thing that makes teresa so insufferable is her stubbornness and in, i think in her inability to see or hear things from different points of view but it is what makes her a good house like, like it's not maybe make her a great person or a person who seems really receptive to learning and, and having an open mind but it makes her a good housewife, you know? It's like the same way, like, we talked about this earlier before we started recording, like, Larsa Pippen, eventually I will probably hate her, but she is so, like, doubles down on her dumb opinions that I love it right now because it's so funny, and it's like, she, like, I have a real job, you're, like, an anesthesiologist, and it's like, you're <laughs> insane. Um, or, like, I've never, I love her. Or, like, I love I've never her. had any plastic I surgery, and right I'm like, now. you're not a real person. Yeah. Or she'll be like, I can wear black box braids, my kids are half African-American, and I'm not white. And it's like, okay, you're Syrian, it's not the same thing. But, like, work. You're dumb. But, like, I like that. I, you need it, because you need somebody who is, has conviction for their opinions, even if you think it's a bad take. Oh, Damien. I could talk to you forever. Speaking of people who have bad takes but <laughs> stick to them, Damien, it's been a pleasure to have you. I'm sorry to the Italian-American community. Community, I have a lot of love. I have my – I actually don't have my Malocchio or my Italian horn or my um, cross right now because I, I took them off last night because I was sweating on dancing, but um, <laughs> I'm just joking about people being stupid. I think Teresa and Joe are su- super smart. <laughs> <laughs> Also, you can have a strong take and you can say as a XYZ, here's my thoughts. And someone else can say as an yeah, XYZ. Slide into my, my DMs thoughts. and talk to me about Joe and Teresa. Honestly, I would. As you can tell, I feel deeply about like the fam- familial like trauma that exists between the two of them. And like, think it is fascinating. It's just like also exhausting to watch. Well, it. we have been talking about you're it right, for right. a decade. No, and I don't mean like in, I, on this episode, which has also, also that, yeah. uh, also but, that, but also just like a side note, like also it's not I, a new I, story I think about the Kathy and Rosie stuff and how like they came on the show. Like I kind of want to mm. rewatch it because it's like now that this is all coming to an end, it's like they come on the show and Teresa also felt away and like Joe and Melissa were aligned with them. And I'm like, I think I, again, always aside, sided with Rosie and Kathy, but now I'm like, was it all just like Teresa felt like everybody was just like biting off her job and willing to throw in the towel on the family in order to like get a piece of the pie to get like some fame so you can release your like cannoli cookbook or whatever Kathy did you know oh god oh god 
What a day. What an episode. What a talk. Can you tell the AGs a little bit about your podcast? You might know her from. And recent guests. Yeah, Ram. So you might know her from is a podcast where me and my co-host, Ann Rodeman, we interview a actress, somebody you may know, somebody you may not know, but you know, you certainly know their face and you know things that they're in. Recent guests include, we had Charlie Ralph at the start of this season. Of course, you know her from Abbott Elementary and from the original Broadway cast of Dreamgirls. We've also had Yolanda Ross from The Shy on Showtime. We've had Donna Murphy, Broadway, a legend, um, a whole, a whole who nanny of incredible guests. So, um, we have like over a hundred episodes. Uh, you can find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, give it a chance. We have interviewed Eileen Davidson. I always say that when I'm here, because just if you're interested in, in Bravo stuff, you might like that. Up. Amen. And where can people follow you on social? You can find Bellino. me where on all the things at Damian Bellino and it's Damian with an A. Amazing. And guys, I got some messages from people even though I did actually post about Succession, being like, what are your thoughts on Succession's most recent app? Because it was fucking nuts. Well, if you listen to the newest Patreon episode on patreon.com slash Girls, the number one way to support the podcast, I recorded it the day after Succession episode three, and I had a couple things to say. So listen to that episode for a lot of um, thoughts and feels, uh, including about that Succession episode. And because Mamma Mia has been in town, also known as the Tobes, I couldn't watch the Love is Blind new episode. So I'm very excited to watch that in about two seconds. Uh, you can follow me on social at Dame Galley and an exciting announcement uh, coming up shortly. So you're going to want to hear that there because it's exciting and I'm excited to share it. And I hope that um, it's exciting to others as well. Uh, words and stuff, phrases and whatnot. Damien Bellino on the People's People's Couch. A delight to have you back. Took way too fucking long, by the way. Thanks for having me. What a, what a, what a, what a hoot. What a hoot again. <laughs> we are both a little, I think we're a little um, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> And I will leave it there. Guys, hope you're all doing okay. And we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.